I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we watch the Monster Squad. You know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters? We're the Monster Squad. What's a squad? It's like Miami Vice, I think. They're young and inexperienced. Naughty virgins! They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. Two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. But when strange things start happening in town. There's a monster in my closet. Ooh! Look at that big scary monster! What's happening? Do I see a werewolf? Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Looking down there is killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's gonna do a thing about it but us. Soon the creatures of the night shall rule the world. Real monsters? Us? Midnight. In the world, remember? Yeah, Monster Squad. Monster Squad. <laughs> um, so, we, we're not going to talk about anything. We're just going to jump straight into Monster Squad. Go for it. Let's do the review. Okay. The review. All right. So, Kia, a synopsis of Monster Squad. Tell us all about what is the Monster Squad about? It's like the Goonies with monsters. Okay. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. It's about... Um, I mean, I'm trying to do this without... Spoilers, does it matter? No, it doesn't. I mean, I feel like I think so. An overarching thing it's about somehow this monsters end up um, coming to this town, correct? Right, and they're in search of led by Dracula and they're in search of an amulet and a book that will the two of them connect it together will open up a portal so that more monsters can come through, right about the gist i think that's it that was that was yeah. what i was gonna start asking because i was like i was kind of confused by the plot a little the, bit the yeah. MacGuffin in this movie is kind of bullshit let's yeah. face it like like the reason that it's just an excuse for all the universal monsters to be together and kids to fight exactly. them you know yeah. it, so it's, it's not very well thought out and like the more we scrutinize like when we were watching it key and i watched it together yesterday yeah. when we were watching it and we were slowing down to actually try to go, okay, so what are, what are we actually, you know, it really yeah. didn't make that much sense. Exactly. I mean, uh, yeah. That's why I have this list of questions, because I was just like, because I, I, There's you There's a list of questions? Yeah, well, I didn't mean, wow. this was only like 30, 40 minutes into the movie, I started writing stuff well, down. Let's, let's, here's the IMDb little summary. A young group of monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from Count Dracula and his army of monsters, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty good summation, right? Okay. And it's worth noting, if you don't know what Monster Squad is, it's like from 1987. Um, Shane Black, who went on to do like the Lethal Weapon movies and 
recently Iron Man 3 and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you know, really good movies, really good screenwriter. It's one of his first screenplays that was actually bought and produced into a movie. Um, and this is actually a Universal Studios film, I think, because uh, they're allowed to use all the classic Universal monster types, yeah. you know, so it's kind of a, it's supposed to be a reboot of the Universal Monsters franchise, I think, for all, yeah. all purposes, you know, it was supposed to maybe be a revival of those monsters and yeah. didn't quite stick. And Stan Winston, uh, you know, really famous filmmaker, I mean, uh, special effects guy, the yeah. Terminator, Jurassic and Jurassic Park, Park. Yeah. Um, he did the monster designs, so, and you can tell on some of them mm-hmm. that, yeah, you know, it's, it's his distinct, you know, kind of touch or whatever. So, anyway, talk about... Talk about the you know, whippersnappers fighting monsters. Yeah. So what what are the the issues? Well, so I saw this movie when it first came out when I was a kid, and of course, when you're a kid, you just accept whatever is presented to you. You don't yeah. really question anything. But then, um, when we were discussed watching it for the podcast, I think I'd already like started watching it before we even discussed that. But then I went back and I think I've watched it like two and a half times since then. Yeah. And watching it i was sort of i was confused about sort of the plot so the movie opens up with you know the 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 you know it's the black screen with the red words kind of telling you know yeah it has a caption to kind of fill us in right and it's what's his name uh van helsing he's like fighting dracula it's like you know he he tried to put a stop to dracula and failed and it shows this scene which is the exact same as the end scene Everything the exact the same happens, but at the end they were like, "Yeah, we won." But at the beginning of the movie, like, "Oh, somehow this is losing." Where they yeah, they did open a portal. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They open a portal, all this stuff gets sucked into it, and then you're like, "Hey, evil's destroyed, but not." I don't know. But the things in the beginning, I think the things that got sucked in were not the evil, right? Like maybe they botched the spell. Like all the people that were there trying to help were the ones that got sucked in. I think some of the vampires did. I guess you're right, though. I don't. I don't remember seeing like Dracula get sucked in. Maybe he just wasn't in the room. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's. Well, I that's, that's, really show any of the villains. In that's the another movie, great point. If that's if that if the point of the spell is to like open a portal and suck in the immediate evil in the yeah. vicinity, wouldn't the monsters just be like, "Fuck this thing! Like, let's just never be around <laughs> it." If we're just like, it only happens once every hundred years, apparently. So yeah. just. One night every hundred years just avoid this stupid yeah, amulet exactly. and you're good to go. Instead but of instead, like trying to find yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> instead the monsters are like all over this damn amulet. Because mm-hmm. apparently we learn later, I mean, again, this, none of it really makes any sense. Right. But apparently it can also open up like a new wave of evil. So I guess maybe Dracula is hoping if he does the spell a certain way, it'll open up a portal that yeah. will release evil instead of sucking it out or whatever. Yeah. I guess, right? I mean, I don't really... Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is, I think, like you were saying, it's not really meant to be scrutinized this much. But right. like when you do start picking it apart, it doesn't make sense. So it's kind of fun to pick it apart. But I was actually thinking about like, so even that aside, the um, the kid gets the book, like Van Helsing's book, right? Yeah. And it comes from, uh, like his mom gets it at a garage sale at some creepy old house, I guess. And uh. So you actually filled in a plot point that I missed because yeah. later on we were like, how did the mom get the book? So it was literally she bought it at a garage sale. That's what she said. But then later on, and that's, that's another thing I'm confused about. Later on, Dracula is squatting at some house yeah. with the, that happens to have a secret dungeon inside of it. Right. Like he's from Transylvania. 
and he travels from Transylvania to Southern California and happens to find a spooky old house that has a secret dungeon in it where you have to, like, pull a lever right. to, like, open up the bookcase okay, to go this, down, you know. This thing says, as shown in the prelude, Van Helsing had unsuccessfully attempted this 100 years ago, opening the portal, in order to defeat his old adversary, Count Dracula. His apprentices then immigrated to the United States to hide the amulet. Which explains how it got from okay. where it was well, before now, to this random house. Here's the thing. Even though I don't think they really explained yeah, it. I was about to say, that. yeah. that's someone being very like proactive. That's a fan, I bet, mm-hmm. like us, yeah. that was like, oh, that's how it happened. But I don't feel like they said that at all. They the never movie. said like, that. But I, I, like you're saying, though, I kind of filled in the gaps. I thought, like, you know, between that happening and this movie, World War II happened. And I'm thinking, like, probably whoever had the book in their possession, fled to the United States during World War II. Makes sense. You know, because they were in yeah. Transylvania and they killed... Uh, but, but, again, how does it end up in a garage sale? Like, that's what I'm... That's and then I'm how did Dracula know that a kid bought it at a... Or a kid's, kid's mother bought it at a garage sale? <laughs> that is on my list. Yeah. How did Dracula know the kids had the book? Right. Because, not only that, so... it, it So, it shows the kid <laughs> get the book, right? Yeah. And then it cuts to this scene of this war, World War II bomber flying over from Transylvania, why is it a like an antique airplane? Why is it just being used as a cargo that. ship? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, like it's they've got all this cargo in there. The, it is a bomber, though, you're yeah. right, because <laughs> the flaps open on the bottom, and it exactly. drops. that's how the casket drops. Yeah, yeah you're right. And, the, the, yeah, Frankenstein's monster is in this big crate, and uh, which was totally reminiscent of Adam and Costello meet Frankenstein. And, and the, yeah. the, the, the pilots kind of reminded me a little bit of the style of Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just because they're comedic. Their tone is comedic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, serious, you know. And also when Dracula brings Frankenstein's monster back to life, it was it reminded me of when Bela Lugosi did that thing where he took the little thing and pressed it up against the little For sure, uh, yeah. bolts on his neck. But anyway, like, uh, the... The pilot of the plane opens up the little cargo hatch, and the the crate with Frankenstein's monster in it falls, and then uh, Dracula turns into a bat and flies away. But it's so convenient that he happened to open the hatch right over the town that the kids lived in <laughs> that had the book. And, yeah, where the hell are they going? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, did, did how did he, did he plan that out? Like, I'm gonna make a bunch of noise when we get over the city. I have to fall into, and then and then the uh, the crate with the body in it happens to fall into this lagoon where the creature from the Black Lagoon happens to live. Mm. And right, in Southern California, yeah, for some reason. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, so where the creature they... was just living there already? And, and... Where are they flying to? I thought it was interesting that the coffin was just like Frankenstein on it. Exactly. Like they, weren't to, <laughs> they weren't trying to hide well, that, it. That's, that's <laughs> another thing like we should note, is apparently in this world, this is like an extension of the Universal movies, I guess, because yeah. in this world... Van Helsing is a real guy. Mm-hmm. There's not a novel called... Well, I guess there is, though. That complicates things even further because these kids are fans of monsters. Yeah. So apparently they've seen movies based on the Wolfman and, and all this <laughs> stuff. But yet, Van Helsing's a real guy that wrote a historical document that yeah. they can find. And Frankenstein's a real person that created a monster, apparently. Yeah. Like, do... So the pop culture exists and the real things exist yeah. alongside it. It's kind of a weird dynamic yeah. if yeah. you think about it. It doesn't really make that much sense. Because all the adults huh. are like, monsters aren't real. Right. Like, but we don't know that. Right. But so maybe... Yeah, Van Helsing's a real person. Right. And that's accepted, though. Yeah. Maybe they... I mean, maybe it's just... They think it's pop culture, but obviously it really... It's maybe a world it's, where, it's like, real. people 
wrote stories based on myth, I guess, maybe. Or yeah, maybe like over the or, years and it, it kind of like... Kinda, yeah, it's been a hundred years since yeah. people dealt with it, maybe. Yeah. So, it's so they like, just think like, ah, that was made up anyway. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. And also, like, I, I do want to scrutinize this. I think it's fun. Yeah. But at the same time, does this kind of fall under the whole thing where like, do we really want every movie to like explain every detail... Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, mean, I don't know. We didn't have these questions when we were kids. Exactly. So. Yeah. I think for this movie in particular, it doesn't need to be explained and stuff. Right. Like, yeah. it's, this is just like a fun movie, right. you know? Like, and and I'm, the only reason I'm even picking it apart like this is because we're talking about it for yeah. this. But, like, no, but I'm it's, saying, it's fun like, to, like... It's of, definitely fun know. to pick apart. And we yeah. did that with I, Frankenstein as well. But if uh-huh. you think about I, Frankenstein... Like, they explain so much shit in that movie that we did not need to know or care yeah. about. Like, mm-hmm. you know, these wars with demons and gargoyles. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just get to, like, monsters fighting. You mm-hmm. know, that's what this movie is. And I think this movie delivers on that front. Oh, you know, totally. kids yeah. fighting monsters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we definitely get to see cool, you know. Yeah. But let's let's go down the list, though. I, I, like, yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, well, like I was saying, like, it just conveniently all these monsters just happen to already be in this town mm. which i'm saying is southern california but i'm only saying that because you can see palm trees in the background yeah. i'm assuming that's where they filmed it yeah but then um let me see so we we talked about why oh yeah so frankenstein's monster <laughs> and dracula are being transported on this world war ii bomber who ordered that was there like a guy like i've got like in the abbott and costello movie where the guy's yeah. like i ordered these two things you're going right. to dracula you know? was a stowaway maybe, but obviously because but obviously Frankenstein was Yeah, he would have had to order like, in a box. <laughs> like, like pull Frankenstein and then he like stamps the thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe It really makes no sense. Yeah. You're right. There, there's no there's no logic that can ex- fill yeah. those gaps. Yeah, there's really. no guy where who's like, Hey, I ordered Frankenstein and Dracula, where are they? And maybe that's you in know. the script and maybe they even shot something like that where yeah. like some guy that has like a traveling exhibit of, you know, weird roadside attractions just, like, or something. Yeah. yeah. Something that could be like a, a cut scene, but the because, thing is, oh, oh, sorry. because Frankenstein, I guess, is dead in the crate for all purposes. Yeah, right, he was yeah. just like so, some kind of weird corpse. Yeah. I guess, yeah, preserved really well. That's true. Yeah, and then, yeah, that makes sense. Let's see. Uh, it, does, it doesn't. No, all. you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, okay, we talked about that. Oh, the werewolf. Yeah. So the wolf man. He's freaking out. He's like, I'm a werewolf. Lock me up. You know, yeah. he's making a big like thing in the police department. So not only did they happen to land in a town where the creature from the Black Lagoon lived, but there also happened to be a wolf man there. Right. And the, um, the Egyptian exhibit was going on. <laughs> it was just all these convenient things, you know. Oh, the mummy, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, the one thing I will say though is this: is this amulet has been in this house for a long time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it like it draws supernatural yeah. beings to it. You know, maybe that's kind of like the unsaid yeah. thing that's going on here is that like since this amulet is here and it attracts evil, mm-hmm. um, like it's almost kind of like a you know Highlander how the <laughs> gathering happened in New right, York City. Yeah. You know, and all the immortals show up there to fight. Like, it's kind of a similar thing. Like, this amulet's attracting all these supernatural beings. I, I would like to think that more supernatural beings would show up than, you know, six yeah. dudes, but, uh, you know, or five, right? Yeah, five. Um, yeah. 
but like, maybe they were saving some for the sequel that never happened. <laughs> well, that's what Kia pointed out. She's like, "What is the Invisible, the Invisible Man?" And I was like, "Yeah, he, it would have made sense. I mean, if they were gonna do like a true, yeah. you know, Universal Monsters reboot type, of maybe thing. he was there all the time, right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's lingering, he's running around naked, like, hope they don't see me." <laughs> I think the problem too is like, I mean, Dracula is the character that's supposed to be the leader, and if they had a, a character like the Invisible Man. He's a pretty formidable dude in the old Universal mm. monster movies, mm-hmm. so it'd be kind of tough to like have him work with Dracula. You know what I mean? He yeah. would be kind of too much of a wild card. So maybe, yeah. also, I mean, all the monsters that are employed by Dracula don't really talk. Yeah. You know, so they're like his goons. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, they okay. probably didn't have the budget to. Yeah. The way. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. Like the opening of that movie, I'm like they. It looks like they blew their whole budget on the opening sequence of this movie. <laughs> because that opening sequence looks great to yeah. me. Yeah. Like, even, I even kind of like the the fake bats at the beginning. Mm. They look kind of cheesy, but I kind of like that because they look like little puppet things. Did you notice the uh, armadillos, too? They have armadillos in Castle, Frank, uh, Castle Dracula. Mm-hmm. It's just like the Bram Stoker, I mean not Bram Stoker, the Universal Monster Dracula oh, yeah. uh, film. They have armadillos in there. Because I always think it's weird when those, like they, you know, like in Dracula's Castle it has armadillos. It's like in Transylvania they have yeah. armadillos now. Maybe they do, I don't know. Yeah. But It's um, funny that they put that in as like a spooky. Yeah, I, I guess it was just kind of a, a little mini homage type of thing that they included. So they, they established that... Uh, you know, every hundred years, like, there's this right. kind of thing, like, this veil between good and evil gets lifted or whatever. So, like, every hundred years I have to fight Dracula? Is that even, you know, because it looked like they kind of defeated evil at the beginning, and then a hundred years later he comes back. So are they going to, is it going to be, like, in another hundred years Dracula comes back and tries it again? Or did they, they defeat him for good? I guess they did. So they did defeat him in the beginning. I guess I'm still confused about that. Yeah. I, I, I thought well, that was a... Yeah, they said that they did I guess didn't. that makes sense. But, no, because but when they're scrolling that thing, yeah, at the the very last words of that scroll, it says they failed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like it said that they didn't, but it looked like they did. But because mm. they did the exact same thing, that's the thing I'm yeah. confused on. But um, uh, so every hundred years they have to. Yeah. But would they have to do that as long as the amulet and the book are far apart? Again. You would think if no one bothered it, it would be good to go. But I mean, I guess that's the problem: is that always evil is going to try to trump good, right? So Dracula can't resist this idea of like, well, I know I could get fucked really bad here, but if I if I if I make it work, it'll be you know going to be the ruler. Yeah, I'll be the ruler of the planet. You know, so maybe it's just too much for him to turn down. Even though, yeah, like logic would dictate just stay away from Southern California. Yeah, really. This year, and you're good to go, but. Oh, yeah, it says one day out of every century, as the forces of good and evil reach a balance, the otherwise indestructible amulet becomes vulnerable to destruction, and the next day of balance falls within a couple of days at the stroke of midnight. Uh, yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> so, well, okay, so maybe the danger here is if good gets this amulet and destroys it, right, mm-hmm. This these portals will be closed forever, right. and, you know, it'll be like a good... Uh, no, I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't dwell on it anymore. Yeah, I think it's like, it seems like they could have just burned the diary with the incantation, incantation, and destroyed the amulet, and then there yeah, you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, maybe. Well. Oh. I, then we I would have like, the monster squad. Yeah, like I think, like we said in the beginning, it, it wasn't really meant to be scrutinized this much. So we're, we're like trying to it find also an just answer. Also that's goes probably to show not even how there. you just accept anything as a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Like we didn't have yeah. any of these well, questions. And, and to the adults yeah. making this movie. 
they probably thought, you know, the kids are just showing up to see the monsters. Yeah, exactly. They don't, and which was very true when I saw it. Mm-hmm. And also, no one's going to watch this movie. Like, <laughs> like we're, we're, this is going to be in the movie theaters for like a month, and it'll be like forgotten. It, it, it yeah. didn't make its budget back. I think I saw that the budget was like twelve million, and it box office is three million. But then it's kind of, I guess, became like, like a, a little cult. cult no, it's it's one of the first like uh, letter writing campaigns via the internet that kind of worked out because hmm. for a while it wasn't on DVD and it was yeah. really hard to come by. It very rarely came on television, mm-hmm. um, and people had these fond memories of this thing and yeah. kept pressuring you know, the studios to release it on DVD and it eventually got that way. Mm-hmm. And honestly, watching it yesterday with someone, mm-hmm. like with, with Yukia, like I kind of felt like maybe this is an example of not revisiting <laughs> the things that you loved as a kid a little bit. Aww. Like, I, I like I, I didn't like it as much as I, as I feel like I should, you know. But well, I think I had the same reaction you did like 10 years ago when it first came out on DVD because yeah. I was like, yeah, Monster Squad's on DVD. I love this movie when right. I was a kid. And I watched it, and I was like, "Wow, that wasn't as good as I remember it being." Yeah. But then, like a you know a few months ago when we when it came on Netflix, I was like, oh, "I'm gonna watch this again." Uh, I actually really enjoyed it this time yeah. around. Like, I think maybe like the nostalgia's kicked in at this point. Right. And uh, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. There's a lot of like fun stuff, and it's. Like... How did you see? How did y'all see it before? Because you said it was hard to come by. So did y'all like rented? Well, when it first that came out uh, on VHS, like you could just rent it at any video store. Okay. Yeah, and that's then... I saw it at a, a friend's house on on video or whatever. I feel like yeah. I saw it on TV. Yeah, no, I, th- I think like, like in the late eighties, early nineties, it was a pretty easy thing to come by, and yeah. then it kind of slowly just faded out, and you couldn't buy yeah. as as a young adult or whatever, you couldn't buy it on DVD. Right. Yeah, and, I think it yeah. just kind of had like its one release when it first came right. out on mm-hmm. VHS, and then that was it until they. Came out with the DVD in like 2006 or seven. Yeah, like it's somewhat recent because I remember my cousin uh, made a big deal about finally getting it, you know, and yeah. let me borrow it and everything. So I was, I was so excited. I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be awesome!" <laughs> yeah. And then like I was like, "Wow, this doesn't make any sense," <laughs> like, you know. But uh, what um, what else? I, I feel oh, like we barely penetrated oh, yeah. your your list here. So okay, so we're moving moving on. <laughs> Yeah. Barely penetrated. <laughs> um, let's so let's move in. on to a character I like to call Rudy. Right. <laughs> so the main guy? Rudy's like, you know, the badass kid, you know, with the leather jacket. Absolutely. Oh, is that his name in the movie? Yeah. Rudy? Yeah. Um, I should uh Which is He's always Orion to me. Yeah. Well he <laughs> So the his opening scene is uh it's like Jason Hervey who played, you know, the brother on uh Wonder oh, Years. Yes. He's the bully. And he's bullying Fat Kid, mm-hmm. which is his character's name, which is something they did a lot in the 80s, I guess. Right. Um, Horace is his actual Horace, name. Yeah. yeah, but like Fat Kid is, even his friends call yeah, him Fat Kid. Exactly. Yeah. That's how abnormal like... a Fat Kid was back then, by yeah. the way. How normal you say? How abnormal. abnormal. Yeah. Oh, because okay. nowadays, I'm not even sure that that, that kid would, would be qualified as like a full fledged Fat Kid yeah. anymore. Like he's yeah. not, I mean, he's fat, but he's not. Yeah. Enough to be called out for it anymore. Yeah. I think, and that's another but. thing too is like in the eighties. I guess you could get away with like doing the fat shaming them, calling the kid fat kid, and like also the bullies were calling him the other f word. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know. for sure. <laughs> no, even the like, heroes. Wow. Yeah, at the the heroes at the beginning, the main two boys, yeah. um, uh, Sean. Yeah. And uh, I forgot the other kid's name, but anyway, Patrick. Right. So Sean and Patrick, uh, like. 
they're talking about how uh, you know they're in trouble, right? Like their their teacher like turned them into the principal for drawing you know monsters or whatever. Right. And they're like, yeah, no one ever told you about tells you about all the homo stuff that goes on around here. <laughs> like, they're talking about like they keep talking about school like there's all this homo weird stuff going on. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like that's that's like the opening dialogue that we're gonna hear from yeah. the heroes is that you know yeah. like the school is homo and and but like you have to remember as a kid of the '80s, it didn't really mean true homosexuality yeah. like it yeah. meant something kind of different it meant lame basically is yeah. what they mean like, you know at least to like kids that were our, that age at the right. time you know because i was like when that movie came out i think i was like seven or eight right so i didn't even know no i didn't even movie. register that it was that meant anything other yeah and same thing for you know the the f-bomb right mm-hmm. i mean like I think a lot of kids said that back then and didn't really understand what they were saying, like yeah, that exactly. it really meant something or, yeah. you know, that it disparaged a whole group of people. I think they, they meant it more like, you know, again, that you're lame or you're a wimp or whatever, yeah. you know. Maybe when you're a little bit older, you start to understand yeah. what it meant. But at that age, I'm pretty confident they didn't really know. Yeah, um, like... Although the screenwriters totally knew. Oh, yeah, really. <laughs> they knew it. But, yeah, like Jason Hervey... He's the bully, and he's his him and his buddy are the bullies, and they are like uh, picking on the fat kid. And uh, Rudy shows up, and he's like the cool older junior high kid who like is clearly older than junior high. But it's funny because he pulls up on a bicycle, and he's wearing like a black leather jacket, and his hair slicked back, and he's like smoking a cigarette, like and very tight jeans. Yeah, like it's kind of funny looking at it now cuz when, when I was a kid I was like, "Oh, he's the cool kid cuz he's got yeah. leather jacket and sunglasses." But you look at it now you're like, "He's the most ridiculous looking person in right. this whole Right. He's scene. like a 15 or 16-year-old kid yeah. hanging out with middle school kids. Yeah. And you right. would, you would just think like uh the J- Jason Hervey's character would like be like, "Uh Hey, shut up, Rudy. When I'm done with this fat kid, I'm going to come over there and I'm going to beat you up. Like, I feel like like that kid yeah. could have beaten up Jason. Sure. But did you think Rudy. that as a kid? Because because Craig commented how ridiculous he looked, and I was like, but yeah, but as a kid, you thought exactly. he was awesome. Oh, I did. Yeah. No, yeah. without a doubt. Like, I thought he was super cool. Oh, yeah. When I saw that movie, I thought Rudy was amazing. But yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what as I'd an say adult, like, yeah. yeah. As, as an an adult, adult, he just looks ridiculous. He's obviously very attractive. <laughs> and I was a fan of Kids Incorporated, so he was Ryan on Kids Incorporated. Yeah. So I, that was also a draw for me. So, And it's mm-hmm. funny because uh, <laughs> I have a friend named Joey who bears a resemblance to him. And now when I've, when I've watched Monster Squad the last couple of times, I just keep thinking of my friend Joey in that role. And it makes me laugh, too, because he pulls up and he's like pulling up his sunglasses. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, it's Joey. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so... Here's here's a question I had, is uh, so they're like, oh, uh, Rudy wants to join the Monster Club, and you're like, why would this kid want to hang out with a bunch of kids younger than him talking about monsters who he clearly mm. doesn't care about? And uh, then you see him up in the treehouse and he's looking through the telescope, and you're like, oh, well maybe he just wants to hang out in their treehouse to peep on the girl. They, they give a pretty yeah. good. I think yeah. that is the the explanation a little bit. Yeah. But what I want to know is like. How did he know <laughs> that they had that access? Because it looked to me like he was, uh, they already had the telescope set up in there and he was just hanging out and he like happens to look over and he's like, hmm, I wonder what's in here. And he looks through and he's like, holy shit, there's this hot girl taking her clothes off. Yeah. And then if if that's the case and they already had the telescope set up, later on they established that that girl in the telescope is one of the other kids' Patrick's sisters. Sister, yeah. And uh, he's like, that girl's your sister? I'm like, I'm like yeah, why, why did you guys, why were you guys peeping on your sister? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, weird. she wasn't the sister for all of them. 
Yeah, but are you thinking so it'll be like, wait, why do you guys have a telescope <laughs> pointing at my sister's window? <laughs> he just accepted it. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> maybe they looked at the stars. Mm, they were seeing and stars. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess. I guess that's my question. Was like, did Rudy just want to join the monster club to peep on the girl? And if he did, like, how did he know? But but he right. knew he knew, not, he knew about monsters too. So maybe he genuinely wanted to hang out with other kids and knew about monsters. Rudy didn't seem to have friends. I mean, I know we didn't spend yeah, that much time on the yeah. kids and, and their personal lives and stuff, yeah. but Rudy seemed to be kind of a loner. So maybe he just kind of thought, like, hey, I identify with these kids being misfits. They're getting picked on. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, maybe he just kind of, I don't want to say felt sorry for them, yeah. but maybe he was just kind of hanging out with them just to be nice, yeah. I mean, even. I don't know. That's, but. like, another thing that makes him seem, like, less of the cool kid, too, is that he's like, I'll be friends with these little guys. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know? like, yeah. But... Um, I don't know. He's still, he's. I don't know. I still liked him. I thought he was cool when I was a kid. And, and uh, the Monster Squad is kind of weird, though, if you think about it, because it's two middle school kids, um, the Rudy, a high school kid, yeah. and then uh, a little boy. Uh, I forgot, I forgot <laughs> like his name. Is it Eugene? With the yeah. dog. Yeah, so. Eugene. The Robotech uh, pajamas. Right, yeah. right. The little boy that you know. Oh, yeah. There's a know, monster in my room. Right, creature stole Ooh. my Twinkie. Yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> like. He's basically there for cuteness value, I guess, yeah. and to have like a, a, a dog sidekick, which is like right. inevitable in these movies for some reason. Um, but still, yeah, it's a it's a weird ragtag group. Oh, and Horace, <laughs> the fat kid, right? Yeah. So it's it's a it's an oddball little group here. So. My name is Horace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that. Uh, I think Rudy has my favorite line of the movie at the end when he's like. Uh, going to fight those vampire ladies, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, Rudy, where are you going? And he's like, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? I'm like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> he's a badass! <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> and he just, just goes up there and starts killing vampires <laughs> or whatever. Let's see. Um, so we, we did that. Um, oh, yeah. So I think I kind of touched on this. Um, not only does Dracula happen to come into this one town, he finds the like the one rundown, creepy house in the town that also happens to have a secret dungeon inside. Mm-hmm. Like it just so happens to be a mansion, a rundown mansion right. with a secret dungeon. But anyway, I guess that's not that big of a deal. Um, <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Oh yeah, I think I, I think we've. Hit on all these, except for one thing. I just want to point out that the the, the kid with the Robotech uh, pajamas on mm-hmm. had a couple cool little things in his bedroom. He had a a Mike Zack Punisher poster. Oh, I did notice that actually. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool one. So Mike Zack was like, he's one of my favorite Punisher artists. But anyway, and then he also had a My Pet Monster doll. Yeah, yeah. Pointed I, I pointed that out. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I had one too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm, My Pet Monster. I don't think I had one. But uh, and also, did you notice that the Wolfman was Uncle Rico from uh, Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Well, and uh, he's also in Fright Night. Um, the original? No, oh. Fright Night Part Two. He plays. Um, two. Yeah, he he plays another type of. It's almost kind of like a werewolf type character. Oh yeah, in I don't Fright think Night I Part knew two. there was a Fright Night Part Two. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the sister uh, tries to get revenge. The oh. sister of the van, the main vampire in the first Friday night that. tries oh, to get revenge, and he ha- she has like a ragtag group of vampires, um, and she seduces the boy instead of the 
the young oh, lady getting seduced, she oh, seduces the boy, and they have to save him from. Okay, was this one from like the eighties or something? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah it came I out a couple years. It's, it has Rodney McDowell back in it, and oh. or no, that's not his name, is it? Yeah, yeah. Is that that's him? Yeah, they the, played uh, the monster host or whatever. Yeah, He's Vincent, in it again. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, yeah. Um, he was also on Seinfeld. He was the bum on Seinfeld. I'm a good man. You're good. <laughs> I feel like he's a player for someone else too. That he shows up in um, someone else's movies. Who are you talking about? The guy that played the the wolf. Now I gotta look it up to you. And the classic line when I was a kid from that movie was "Wolfman's got nards." Yeah, so that's uh, that was everyone's favorite scene in that movie when I was little. Carl Thibault as a wolfman. Uh, okay, never mind. He has not been in that many movies oh. apparently. <laughs> So, I guess I was mistaking him for someone else. I feel like, uh, yeah, Napoleon Dynamite was the one that made me notice him. So then after that, if I saw him in something else, I'm like, hey. Oh, hold on, no, this is um, not the same guy. Carl, Carl the Vault, I think, is the guy actually in the suit, um, the Wolfman suit. Oh, okay. okay. So the actor that played the Wolfman has a different credit in here somewhere, uh, and we're overlooking him. What was his name? One question I had when we were watching the movie was, I was kind of confused at the audience, because I guess as a kid, I assumed kids were the tar- target audience, mm-hmm. but when you watch it as an adult, it's pretty, there's a lot of, cu- not a lot of cussing, but a good amount of cussing for, I mean, even the five-year-old girl, you know, says chicken shit, Yeah. and and then it's violent, like when Dracula, when they're at the house and Dracula bums the car and the cop, ex- and, I, and I was like, who's the target audience yeah. for that because it seemed like it was some adult things were going on it's probably like but, 12 to yeah. 15 year olds but I saw when I was like 7 <laughs> yeah um, for some inexplicable reason uh, the guy that plays the human side of the wolfman is credited as desperate man because he's never named I guess <laughs> Um, his name is John Grise, and yeah, he mm. was in Napoleon Dynamite, and he's taken two and taken apparently. Hmm. Um, yeah, he, oh, he's... he was in uh, Real Genius. Yeah, he was like the Laszlo. Yeah, he was like the genius that like went insane and lived in like the walls, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I've forgotten about that actually. Real Genius. That's our next movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's not a horror movie. I thought it was kind of also creepy. How not creepy, which is weird. How the version they end up using is like a five-year-old girl, and um, it really had to be a woman. I was about way. to say that because all the kids were virgins, so they could have just read it themselves. Yeah, he's a regular on Martin too, by the way. Huh? John Grise. The oh, is he? Man. He's Stan, isn't he? Yeah. Well, Sean. Sean. Apparently Wait, was Stan his name. is Gary. I don't know. Let me see. I thought it was funny that, like, speaking of fat kid, and how easy it was to. Make fun of fat kids in the eighties. How um, <laughs> Horace just happened to have a slice of pizza on him with garlic. Oh yeah, that, I couldn't help but notice that. That uh, yeah, he just carries around food with him. Yeah, why is he carrying around, like a slice of pizza? He just has like, and he's not wearing like I don't even think they're wearing jackets and stuff, are they? So he, that means he's, he has it like in his pocket, like he's oh. walking around with a slice of pizza in his pocket, Gross. just in case. Yeah, and just... I also was watching the movie, and Craig was like. He died, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't realize a kid that played Horace 
died in real life. Oh, I didn't school. know that either. Well, he yeah. died in like 1997. He was so, 22 years old. That's wow. why. That's why it resonated with the, uh, Horace has a line when they're going into the mansion, uh, where where he realizes they're in actual danger. He's like, mm-hmm. "We're little kids about ready to fight monsters." Like, and, and mm-hmm. I think the screenwriters are trying to reiterate, like, "Hey." You're supposed to be scared for these kids, even though it's a silly movie. Like yeah. the odds are stacked against them in the scene. And Horace basically says, "Like I don't like the whole not being de- like I, I don't like uh, the idea of being dead. I don't want to be dead, guys." Mm-hmm. Like he says something yeah. like that, and it kind of like, it clicked in my head. I was like, "Damn, he died very young." Yeah, it's kind of you know wow. sad for him to like have a line like that. Ten years later, yeah, wow. um, Crazy. yeah, he died of natural causes and everything at like age twenty-two. Pneumonia. Pneumonia. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, natural causes. Oh. Yeah, I mean, was it like shot or yeah, you yeah, know yeah. fell off a building or something? I almost made a joke, but I was like, "That's not appropriate." <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, go ahead. I have some interesting trivia that I stole from IMDb. <laughs> so the first one says that Liam Neeson was paid for a bit part that was never shot. I think that's what? interesting. I know, really? right? Huh. Yeah, and doesn't say what part. So hmm. and I didn't research it. Um, he should have been Van Helsing. The scene where <laughs> would have been better at the end where Dracula, oh, yeah, um, we were watching where Dracula looks up the five year old girl and you're like, tell me what you think about this line, because oh, yeah. I've seen it, but I probably have literally not seen it since 1990. <laughs> and he was like, give me the amulet, you bitch. That part, the trivia, little girl, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was so over the top. The trivia says that um, when she screams, that's genuinely her being scared because a guy playing Dracula wouldn't wear his fangs or his red contacts around her too much because she was really scared. So when he does that part, when she screams, it's like, she's like actually, she was really adorable. I thought she yeah. was super cute. Um, Liam Neeson was considered for the role of Dracula. Oh, wow. See that? I, mean, well, I don't know. I like the guy who played Dracula, but I think, well, would have been a good Dracula. Tri- trivia about that. It says in 2006, wizard, Magazine made a list of the 100 greatest villains of all time, and Dracula was ranked as number 30 based on this guy's performance in Monster Squad. Oh. And his performance was chosen over all other versions of the character. His Dracula is still considered to be one, one of the absolute best interpretations of the character. I thought he was good. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. It is weird that they got such an older actor to play Van Helsing, though. Did you notice that? Like, the guy, Van Helsing, like, looked like he was in his 60s. Well, in the the novel and in the Universal Monsters uh, franchise, Van Helsing is traditionally an older guy. He's oh, like really? well into his fifties. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, um, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, uh, I think it's only in more recent, you know, updates and everything that we kind of skew him a little bit younger yeah. to be more of an action hero type guy. Because yeah. it was like Hugh Jackman played him, yeah. like ten years ago, or whatever. Yeah. Another trivia. Let's see if Craig knows this because he's a Universal Monsters fan. It says, near the start of the movie, the plane where Dracula first appears has Browning written on the side of this. The director of Dracula? The director of Dracula in 1931. I did it. <laughs> um, I didn't catch that in the movie, though, at yeah. all. I, I didn't notice that. Those are really all the interesting things. Um, it says there's a poster for zombie in the background of the clubhouse, um, 1979. And it said Dustin Diamond had a small role as a kid who tries to trade baseball cards with the boys, but this was later cut. Hmm. Huh. Weird. Well, that's a good thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would totally taken me out of this movie. <laughs> what, what did you guys think about the creature designs and everything? You know, we talked about Stan Winston yeah. doing, you know, an update for the 80s for the classic monsters. What did you guys think? I thought that Gilman's 
design was really cool. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Gilman, Craig pointed out that oh yeah, the that way was... he died was just like I mean, so it, easy. Yeah. So easy. Even, everyone else had either really cool deaths with like you know like like even the mummy, even though the mummy got killed in kind of a cheap way, like yeah. it was easy for them to kill him. It was still elaborate, cool. kind of you yeah, know to unravel cool. him. Yeah. You know, it was a cool special effect and just mm-hmm. kind of a cool way for him to die. Um, and everyone else, po- I mean, the the Wolfman had fantastic. I mean, he gets blown yeah. up and reassembles. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, oh yeah, here's my big observation, my big takeaway from this movie. Right, mm-hmm. is there should have been a, an epilogue, a post credit yeah. scene where they have a mass burial of all the cops that were killed in the last <laughs> sequence. Yeah, Wolfman, Dracula, and I think Gilman each kill a minimum of, like, six cops. I mean, like, each, like uh, Dracula kills several in a row. For some yeah. reason, all these cops show up at the last second, and Dracula's just walking a straight line to the little girl and the German guy or whatever, and, like, he is... I mean, I can't really describe it, but he's, like, breaking their necks. He's yeah. bitch-slapping them. Like, he's doing whatever he can to get, to get up to, you know, this girl. Yeah. And he kills easily in that moment. I mean, like, a ten-second sequence. Yeah. He kills six people. I mean, like, without yeah. a doubt. And they're all, like, nameless cops with cowboy hats yeah. for some reason. All the cops in this town have cowboy hats. And so. he, he kills the dad's partner. He, like, right. was the car yeah, that's up. What I was like, when, that, when that happened for the first... When that first happened, cause I, that, yeah. I think that was, like, the first... Big killing, I yeah, guess. First I think that was when character. I was like, "Who's the target?" Because that's kind of he just dark. killed a guy that's been in this movie the whole time. The guy's yeah. been funny. Yeah. He got to know right. his face. He's like he's like busting his partner's chops and yeah. everything, and then like next scene, like, "Oh my god!" You know, the car explodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As for far a kid's as like movie. horror movies go, with is there are there any other horror movies that I know? This is off your question. Do you want to finish answering your question? The costume oh, I'm design? sorry. Oh, um. Well, no, I'm the one that like totally t- took the conversation off course. Well, I thought I thought the costumes were pretty cool. I like the Gilman design, but I think I know what your stance might be on it. But I think it's great. Mm. But uh, the Frankenstein's monster is cool because it's it's reminiscent of the yeah. The you know Boris Karloff version, but his head's not quite as flat, but it still looks pretty cool. Yeah, and they keep the bolts, yeah. you know, in his neck. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people avoid those when they update them. Yeah, yeah. but overall, I, I like the the mummy looked cool. The Wolfman looked pretty cool. He looked less like he looked. It was good because I feel like in the eighties they were doing more wolf than man, mm. and in this movie, it was a little more dialed back to it's a good man point. Than, yeah, so it's also cool that his transformation was like practical effects. It wasn't CGI. It seemed to be, that was yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something that was piggybacking off what you said. About creatures look? or You said creature. Then you t- oh, no. When you said Frankenstein, I really thought Tom Noonan as Frankenstein did a really good job just yeah. delivering his lines. It was like, for a kid's movie, I felt like it was really had a lot of gravitas in it. Yeah. It, it's it's schmaltzy as hell. Like the all the all the Frankenstein monster sequences are really silly. Like him with the kids, it's it's so saccharine. Like mm-hmm. you know, trying hard to like make you. I love you know, the shot when they're walking down the street and you see them from behind. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. They're like silhouetted. And the almost. little girl is yeah. like holding his hand. Yeah. Well, what what do you, what are you gonna? You said you know what Craig thinks about the Gilman. Yeah, well, what is well, we we were watching the original Creature from the Black Lagoon like a couple months ago, yeah. and we were talking about the design of the creature, and uh, but I was like, oh, I wonder. Well, I was kind of wondering what your take on the. Well, I mean, I like the the update for what it is, like the Stan Winston, you know, version, and everything, and and I and I get that like. 
to be threatened by that type of monster. You know, people want to see teeth and, and everything. Right. Um, he, has, he has almost like a piranha look to him a little yeah. bit. Um, I like the old school creature better. Um, Who designed? I don't know her name off the top of my head, even though I, even want, though I posted that shot, recently. Um, yeah, we... Um, but but I like the classic one because it looks like a real fish. Yeah. Like it, there's something about it that's scary to me that he's like truly inhuman. You know yeah. what I mean? There's something that scares me about that. Instead of just being a straight up monster, there's mm-hmm. like he's almost like a different species or something, yeah. and that that creeps me out more than yeah. just a, like a ghoulish monster running around with you know chompers. Like so, yeah. yeah. I agree. I think like because when we were watching Creature from the Black Lagoon recently. We were talking about the design. We're like, man, that looks so great. Like the sculpt on the mask is great. The whole and like, especially for when it came out, that's a really yeah. impressive outfit. And plus the uh, the way that the mask moved, they had I guess mm. something in it to make the mask move. Yeah, the like gills. The mouth. Yeah. Would, yeah, actually, it's like, yeah. It's something about his mouth too. Is there's something like unsettling about this blah blah right. stuff? This gaping thing, but. Uh, and then on top of it, it would be different if in this film the creature actually got to bite someone and mm-hmm. use those teeth a little mm-hmm. bit, but it never he never did. So it just seemed like yeah. a really unnecessary update to me. Yeah. Um, the I don't know how to say her name. Millicent? Millicent Patrick. Patrick yeah. is the original the designer. Original. Sisters are doing it for ourselves. Yeah, it's really cool because, I mean... Especially in that era. It's, in that era, yeah. it's a female. Yeah. And she was really cool. railroaded, basically, because... Like some of the male uh, people that worked in the art department, and you know everything, got really jealous that they were promoting it as though she created the the creature, which she did. She you know created the creature. You know, design. have you seen pictures of her? Uh, just the one that Craig posted. Yeah, the picture. Oh. yeah. The I love that design of that creature. It looks so cool. Yeah. And uh, like I recently saw a mask of that online. We were talking about that. Oh yeah. And uh, it's I think it was made from the original mold or something, but. And it's a fun movie and everything, but it's definitely a testament to her talent that that that, that movie is so iconic. It's cool. I mean, she's doing it and she's wearing a dress. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think it's yeah, cool. it's uh, so it's kind of hard to to you know do an update to that character for sure. and make it look cooler. And that that's but, that's the task that he had. He had to put spins on them, except for Dracula. I guess Dracula pretty much stayed the same. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought the the one in Monster Squad's pretty awesome though but I yeah mean, I, 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 I see what you're saying about the original too though uh, uh yeah I, i'll go on board with that too that i enjoy the monster squad version i just like the original better i yeah. think it's but it's hard to beat that and like, yeah. like you said it's tough to top that so i think another thing that stood out to me was the scary german guy who ends up helping them mm-hmm. i thought um obviously i think this movie was targeted for young people but there are all things in there that I think only adults would get and the fact that he had like the um, concentration camp numbers tattooed on his arm I feel like as a kid I probably wouldn't have noticed that at all and just wouldn't have thought anything of it yeah well I I saw that when I was a kid and they he was like I know something about the monsters Mm -hmm. and he closes the door and you see the tattoo and I was I remember as a kid just going like I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like it's one of those moments yeah. where it's a fun kid movie, but then it's like, oh, shit just got real because <laughs> yeah. he survived a concentration camp. Yeah. It's almost like a teachable moment, yeah. too, because like Jeff said, most kids would have to ask their parents yeah. what that is. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a little, yeah. That was cool. It was kind of cool. Are we oh, going... Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say, too, like I, I got off track. Uh, I, I was watching it every time I watch Monster Squad. It's almost like it's kind of bittersweet because in a way I think it's hilarious, mm-hmm. but in a way I think it's really shitty <laughs> that 
the creature Gilman is yeah. killed so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I know that they give Horace Fat Kid a really cool moment where he gets to stand his ground and yeah. he shoots, you know, a monster and kills it or whatever. But it's like one shot to the chest is all it takes to kill Gilman. <laughs> Everyone else has all these like elaborate deaths or yeah. you know, you have to do like some ritual or whatever to kill them. And creature, it's like all he does is to show up out of the sewer, no less, and <laughs> just get shot. You know, like it just seems like they could have done something in the water, or I don't know, just yeah. done something cool. You Maybe know, a post-credit sequence where he just his eye opens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I, you know, they were probably short on time, and it's also kind of funny how, like, like you pointed out, all those cops died, yeah, and then those cops were like, "Hey, what happened here? Who are you?" And they're like, "With monster squad." Like they like no one's like. Answer for all it this. It was the military that showed up. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's the military. <laughs> Eugene wrote a, a letter that was obviously written by a child, and the military took it seriously and showed up in full force. Yeah, and he, uh, that kid's all like acting like he's a badass dude. They're not like, what am I? All these officers are dead. <laughs> you want to explain that to some of their families, huh? <laughs> I know. We, Craig and I were watching the movie, and like during a quiet moment, I was like, 17 cops died today because it's like they're gonna have to explain this to families and yeah. how are they gonna explain who, who Dracula killed her? Right, you go, you <laughs> go to someone her husband got sucked up into the vortex. Yeah, like we're gonna make someone pay for this, right? Well, uh, we got him. That'd be funny if the sequel they're just like, uh, this is gonna be hard to believe, but 17 officers were killed today by Count Dracula, the Wolfman, mummy, creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Like, Breakline's monster was a good guy, but <laughs> yeah, he, he was guys. there, but he, he was not nice. doing anything. I really wanted him to stay at the end. I didn't remember how it ended. Yeah, he gets but, sucked yeah. into it, and she's like, "No." That's what I was gonna say earlier. Like, yeah, even though I, I knew I was being manipulated in that moment, I was like, "This is such a bullshit writing right here." You know what I mean? It's so just like strangling a kitten in front of you, yeah. but like it works, man. Like, the, yeah. there's yeah. no denying. As dumb as it is, like I was like, oh, you know, yeah. like when she throws the teddy bear to Frankenstein's monster as he's getting sucked into the yeah. vortex. Like, I was, I and when it, she's and when she's it. like reciting the, the lines and she's yeah. holding his hand, yeah. oh, such a cute kid. And yeah. the way she says it, she, it's just cute to hear her try to speak Latin. And she's holding his little finger and looking up to, at him. Yeah, and he knows it's gonna happen. I assume he knows. I think most, um, I think the monster was aware that he was he he's basically signing his death warrant, you yeah. know, by letting her complete. Yeah. I also like that little nod to the original movie where she's sitting next to the water. Yeah. He yeah. walks up, and you think like, "Oh no, he's gonna throw her in the water." <laughs> like, like, nope. <laughs> it's 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 always interesting that the monster is is almost always shown as sympathetic. You know what I mean? Like, I think. Yeah. Uh, like everyone likes that that character so much that even when he's supposed to be the bad guy, he, it's kind of spun in a way where you mm-hmm. like have empathy for him and mm-hmm. root for yeah. him in a weird way. So. Which is weird because the brain they gave him was like the brain of a murderer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the in the Universal monsters, no. yeah. It's... You're very purist. You call him like the monster. I think you do too, monster. I say Frankenstein. I think yeah. most people say Frankenstein is yeah. easier. I accept it totally when people say it. So <laughs> yeah, because. Like well, you were you pointed out that even in the movies, like as they go on, they eventually just drop the whole monster thing. Mm-hmm. And just because that's listed as a goof on IMDb that he's referred to as the monster mm. when, or he, that he's referred to as Frankenstein when Frankenstein is actually his creator. That's referred to as a goof, but I think, like you said, no, it's yeah, so in the Universal monsters they started yeah. like the monster series. They eventually just started calling him Frankenstein. Um, and if you, th- you think of it it's in a in a literal way, you know, Victor Frankenstein created him, so, I mean, he yeah. could adopt that name, yeah. you yeah. know. And plus, like, even in, so like, in The Son of Frankenstein, 
Mm. You know, they point out like, you know, at, at this point people just call the monster yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they even say it in the movie. It's a little so easier. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's also like a mouthful to call it the uh, Frankenstein's monsters. They just call it Frankenstein. Any final thoughts before we kind of give our a ratings? Yeah, ratings. Um I have a question that piggybacks off of Monster Squad, but it's not about Monster Squad, so we can I can You would do the rating later. first? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, Kia, you started off. I think I would give this a solid B. And maybe part of that is nostalgia. I do think it's fun. I think think it holds up for the most part. Like, if you showed it to a kid today, they would have a good time with it. Yeah. Um, There's some funny parts. There's some violence. that I I don't think it's, like, super corny or anything like that. Um, You know. Um, So, I think I would give it a solid B. Yeah. Jeff? I want to give it an A just for nostalgia. But uh, well, we just say B because, like I said, when I first came out on DVD, I was like, ah, this isn't as good as I remember. But um, and maybe it is just the nostalgia. But watching it again, I was like, oh, I really had a lot of fun watching it. it. Was just even though it didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it it's also just fun to see all those characters in the same movie because other you've never seen all those characters in one movie before, at least that mm-hmm. I can think of. Like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein had. Uh, Frankenstein, Wolfman, and Dracula. Yeah, but you know the other two weren't there, so I don't know. And isn't it kind of cool that, that. The, one of the best Dracula performances is, is a movie that came out when we were kids, nineteen eighty-seven? Yeah, and he's, it's considered one of the best. That's kind of cool. No, yeah. he he does it's a good really job cool. of making like Dracula actually threatening, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Even though it's a silly kids movie, yeah. 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 Um, and they they also do a good job of doing it without him. Uh, Doing all the classic vampire stuff of like that, I feel like is yeah, yeah. He doesn't do very much like like in modern films. I feel like there's always a scene of a vampire uh, stooped over someone and it like looks mm. up and like all the blood is coming off of its you know mouth yeah. and it has like huge fangs and all that stuff. Like, like I, a I like tainted face. Where yeah, like a... and I get why people do that, but I think it's kind of cool that they kept it classic. They didn't yeah. really mess with the the formula too much. So. And he calls a five-year-old a bitch, which is <laughs> like, I love that. Give me the amulet, you bitch. Well, and even though, yeah, like even though I was kind of shocked by some of like the the language by the kids, yeah, you know the the f bombs and well, I guess I should say f word, right? Because f bomb implies fuck. The, yeah, but I'm I talking was about like okay. yeah, f word, right? And uh, you know, homo and all that stuff. Um, I kind of like that they were uh, they're allowed to talk like kids of that era, you know. Because let's mm-hmm. face it, that's how kids were talking. I mean, I, I was yeah. alive then, so I, I remember yeah. kids mm-hmm. talk that way, you know. So it's kind of cool. Like we definitely whitewash that part of our culture now, where oh, kids yeah. don't really talk the way that they do in real life in mm-hmm. movies and TV shows anymore. You know, yeah. they're, they're sanitized and they're like super smart for some reason. It's like no yeah. kid is that smart. Yeah, you know, no kid kid is that culture. These creek syndrome. Yeah, these kids were are dumbasses and I kind of like that. I like that they're kind of dumb, mm-hmm. you know. Um but yeah, I give the monsters like a good solid A and the mm-hmm. kids like a, a, a D plus. Oh. So, so, a, so you give the movie a C? Yeah, I think I, I think the it's like a C. C minus even. Know, even I don't know. I just felt so manipulated. There were so many moments where I was like, "Oh, come on!" Like seriously, that's where. Th- yeah, I don't know. C plus. I'll give a C plus. How's that? So, yeah, I love the monsters in it though. I I, I totally stand by it. And like if they if they said they were gonna make a direct sequel with all the same monster designs and stuff, I would be totally on board. Yeah. Like in a weird way. Like I think it'd be awesome if they made action figures of those. Hell yeah, designs. it would be yeah. 
So get on it. That's insane that that hasn't been done, actually. Yeah, really. Like, you would, you would think, that, yeah, that would be print money. Yeah, Yeah, because it seems like they make figures of everything now, uh, especially um, <clears throat> for people our age. There's all this nostalgic stuff that, you know. Well, now they're even making action figures that look like the action figures for the 80s. Yeah. Like, that's how far down the list we've gotten, where it's like, yeah. oh, now we'll make shitty versions of yeah. these, you know, characters that you love. Which is fun, but it's kind of like, yeah, I would rather have the Monster Squad action figures first. Yeah, before, like some yeah. McFarlane style. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, ooh, we gotta, get, a, we gotta get him a horn with Tom McFarlane. Somebody give me his number. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just reviewed the Monster Squad. Monster Squad. Kia, you said you had a question for us. <laughs> okay. Well, Marcus, since you just watched a movie that we all saw as kids, and um, and then looking at it as an adult and seeing how it was different, um, my question was, what are horror movies, or is there a horror movie that you saw as a kid that when you watched as an adult is kind of lame or not as good as you thought it was? But then you didn't watch horror movies as a kid. Not really. Um. Yeah, not like real horror movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, have I have one. Like, if if you're talking about in terms of like a movie that terrified me as a mm-hmm. kid, and then I and then I revisited it as an adult, and I thought this is not scary at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pet Cemetery, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the original. I mean, what well, original? The Pet Cemetery from the late '80s. Um, there's a few scenes in that that really terrified me as as a younger person, as a kid. Um, Zelda, the sister that is kept up in the attic, and she has um, like spinal bendificus. I forgot how you pronounce it, but her spine is all twisted up, and yeah. she has to be cared for. And she's all like, Rachel, ah! like that whole thing. And then she chokes on her own vomit at you know at one point. Spoiler, um, that really scared the shit out of me. And I remember just the whole movie being terrifying. And you watch it now, and you realize this is a bad movie like <laughs> honestly we could probably watch it and get a lot out of it mm-hmm. for a podcast because it's so terrible <laughs> and what's weird is it's like really melodramatic and the performances are so over the top and it has the classic thing where a guy drops to his knees and yells no like no nah! that whole thing <laughs> and it's just really badly directed and the irony or one of the weird things about it is Stephen King loves that movie he really? still counts it as among one of his best. Like this, this someone really knew how to capture my book. If you read Pet Cemetery, that's a fucking scary book. It's a cool mm-hmm. monster book, or I mean, like yeah. a monster themed, you know, tale or whatever. And they blew it in that movie, as far as I'm concerned. But mm-hmm. a lot of people love it. But I didn't see Pet Cemetery. I, don't, I may or may not have read it. I'm not sure. I didn't see it as a kid. I saw it as an adult. So the part that sticks out to me is the little kid. 
right? Isn't there a little kid that dies and comes back? And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And he's so cute. And there's a part at the end where he's in the hallway and he trips and falls into the door and he hits his head. And I know that that kid did not fall on accident. I feel like he fell on purpose and, and they left in the movie. It. He really hurt himself. It's the saddest, <laughs> sweetest moment. He has no idea what's going on. He just falls and they're like, yes, this is excellent. <laughs> oh, breaks Child my heart. Abuse. That little kid breaks my heart and the little kid from Pumpkinhead. I didn't see Pumpkinhead until I was an adult. And I know this is so off subject, but at the beginning before the little kid dies, <laughs> and they're at the gas station and there's like these older kids there or young adults there and the little kid's outside with his dog and the kid says he says something calls him like coke bottle says something about his coke bottle glasses or something and the kid just has this little sad expression on his face and that made me so sad because I wore glasses as a kid and that broke my seriously I was tore up over that kid for about a week mm-hmm. it was the saddest it has nothing to do with my question yeah. well for, for Jeff you don't watch scary movie is there like well there was a movie that I saw parts of as a kid, and I was okay. too scared to watch the whole thing. Cool. And I watched it as an adult, and I was like, that's not very scary. It was the was Poltergeist. Mm. Yeah. I watched, because I remember one night I was at my buddy's house, and we were like, let's watch something. And he was like, oh, let's watch Poltergeist. I was like, yeah, that, that's a scary movie. And I watched it, and I was like, oh, all right. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's not a bad movie, but it was, I was like, oh, this is when, isn't nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be when I was a kid. But, uh, you know, like the whole clown scene was is always like the spookiest scene. Yeah, I mean, but. And, and pretty iconic too. I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, even adults, you know, bring that. I mean, my dad, for instance, will always bring up that scene whenever people talk about clowns and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that it scared him that much. It's that he associates clowns still with that yeah. the poltergeist yeah. scene or whatever. Um, is there one for you? Yeah, you you mentioned before we started recording that. You had a good question, but not really an answer of your own. I feel feel like it could probably be almost any scary movie I watched as a kid. But I think Hellraiser, for some reason as a kid, I think the designs of the characters were so evil. It was just pure evil to me, the way they were designed. I thought that was really... um, Yeah, because, I mean, their whole thing, don't they just want to, like, torture... There's something very... um, sadistic and very evil about the characters in Hellraiser. So I think that as a kid really scared me, but as an adult, um, not so much. And I really like the design of Pinhead. So. Well, I feel yeah. like a lot of this stuff goes back to earlier conversations we've had on the podcast about how when you're a kid, these things seem really visceral and, and real to you. And as an adult, you see that it's all in good fun. Yeah. Like even the most yeah. serious horror movies, still kind of are in good fun for the most part except for something like say the exorcist Mm -hmm. i think they're trying to be very serious and you know have a like a lot of allegory about life and death and everything but for the most part yeah a a horror movie you're it's like fun to be scared type of thing and when you're a kid you don't really get that as much so and it's so interesting just like i guess special effects and just seeing how they change and how when you're You know, even like nowadays as adults, we'll see something that looks amazing in 10 years. We might look at gravity again and goes, that looks totally fake. Yeah. I don't think that'll ever happen because gravity is It's fake. hard to imagine that, but you're probably gravity, right. Sure. Yeah. But like um, Hellraiser really stuck out to me as a kid when at the very beginning when they're moving a mattress or something and her hand catches on the door and it scrapes the nail. That really freaked me out as a mm. kid. And when I went back and watched it as an adult, I was like, that's obviously a fake hand. <laughs> but as a kid, yeah. I thought that was a real hand. Um so yeah, I guess that would be the, my answer. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, no, that was Thank good. You. I uh, 
thinking of the clown thing, this is totally off the subject, but there's something about clowns. I don't know what it is that makes them so scary. Maybe it is from movies like that. Because uh, one night I went to this bar and when I got there, I walked in and like there was like 10 clowns in the bar just sitting around having <laughs> drinks. And they and they weren't like scary clowns. They were just normal looking clowns. And yeah. I was so uncomfortable when I walked in and I saw them there. And I did that thing where I, you know, I just opened the door and I walked in. And I saw them. I did that kind of like jerk back. Like, oh, um. And they, they, and they all kind of like, every time someone would walk in, they would kind of turn around just to see like, oh, somebody here? Oh. And then they would go back <laughs> to their conversation. But it was freaky to just open the door and this like room full of clowns stops and looks at me. Hmm. And I was just like, I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I just walked up to the bar and was like, yeah, can I get uh, a beer? And they gave me a beer <laughs> and then like I just immediately went back outside because I had a patio and I was like, I got to get away from these things. When you mentioned your dad um, remembering that scene... And what movie was that? Poltergeist. Clowns, Poltergeist, so Clowns. That made me kind of think about that. How I never, I've never met, whenever someone says they're scared of clowns, it's always a guy. Mm-hmm. Is that a guy thing? Because I've never had a female say they're scared of clowns. I'm not scared of clowns. Well, I've heard lots of females say they're scared really? of clowns. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, I can't say that I'm, I'm, scared. I'm, I'm scared of clowns, but I, I have to admit that if I saw someone dressed as a clown in a dark alley, they would, well, they, would yeah. they would worry me more than like a traditional yeah. guy standing there. Well, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Kind of yeah. there is something that augments that like it heightens yeah. weirdness. I think seeing or... a clown out of context yeah. too is what it is. Because yeah. like if I saw those same clowns at the circus, it wouldn't oh, yeah. phase me at all. But right. like walking into a bar and seeing a bar full of clowns just <laughs> freaked me out. Like not to the point where I was like, ah God, Right, God. right. It was enough creepy out where you didn't really yeah, want to hang like, out in the same creepy. Yeah. And they weren't like smiling like hey like they just stopped and looked at me and then like looked back and I'm like uh, and then when I went out on the patio, I remember like people were all talking. Like, Did you see those clowns in there? My God, what's going on? Why are they here? Get them out of here! Maybe that's maybe that's what's so scary about clowns seeing them out of context. Yeah. Like, maybe. So a clown walks into a. Box. I guess I've never really seen a clown out of context. Then I guess. I mean, I've seen Poltergeist, but it's been a very long time. Right. Yeah. I've never seen it, and I didn't finish the book because I, I can't get through the book. So. It was pretty good until the end. I heard they're going to remake that, though. They are, mm-hmm. supposedly, cool. yeah. But just imagine if, like, a guy in a clown suit just opened the door and walked in right well, now. <laughs> He'd be like, oh! He doesn't belong here! That would be yeah. scary. It's that true. would be terrifying. Yeah, it, well, in the irony there, or in the irony, I keep saying that word wrong, but um, what's interesting is, like, if someone walked in dressed as, like, Frankenstein or Dracula or the yeah. creature from the Black Lagoon... Like, I'd be like, oh, that's really cool. Where'd you get that? But, yeah. like, someone walks in as a clown randomly through my yeah. door, I would be like, Wait, Whoa. if someone walked in randomly through your door, wouldn't you be scared? <laughs> no. No. If they were dressed like drag... You don't know them. How do they get inside? Why are I stand they... by it. <laughs> if they're dressed as one of my favorite monsters, they, they have, like, a good... You'll be the first one to die. They have, I'll be... They have oh, a good if... two-minute explanation <laughs> period before I get freaked out. I'll be good that way. I'm trying to think of another situation. Um... Okay, if I walked into a bar and they were all dressed... Like, there were a group of people dressed as Creature from the Black Lagoon having drinks, I would be like, this is badass. Yeah, I would want to oh, sit cool. with them and know why yeah, they're yeah. dressed as... But, like, if they're dressed as clowns, I would be kind of like, eh, I'm good. I don't yeah, need to like, know what? what's going on with this couple. I never got an explanation for that either. I never heard, like, oh, they're doing something down the street. Or, like, they, <laughs> they were just randomly there, and they all got into, like, a car and drove off. <laughs> Which totally sounds like a car, too. Like, oh, they squeeze in this tiny car. And then it's like, <laughs> you know. But it's totally true. But, uh, um, 
I, I had a question I wanted to ask you guys, um, kind of in this kind of, um, what do you call it, kind of in this general zone, we're talking about like, you know, stuff we watch as kids and stuff like that, um, and it's one that Kia brought up to me that she mm-hmm. found online, I don't know if you want to specify where it came from, or you I found it, it on this there. Facebook page that I'm a part of, it's called Comic Nerds of Color, it's for everyone, anyone can join and participate. But the topics you talk about are topics that are of particular interest and importance to nerds of color. Fair enough. But but the question... The question, yes. <laughs> yeah, has the, nothing to do with being anything. Right, right. But, uh, <laughs> you, you brought it up to me recently, and I thought it was a really intriguing question. And uh, it's like pop culture... One of the members of Nerds of Color writes for S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter, by the way. You've, there's several like high-profile mm-hmm. nerds that are in there, right? Mm-hmm. That are like working... Like, yeah. In the business. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the question was about, uh, pop culture comfort food, basically. Mm-hmm. Like when you're, when you're down or you're depressed or whatever, what's, what are the things that you kind of like turn to that, that give you like comfort or make you feel better about the world at large, whatever, you know what I mean? Say so you had a bad day. What, what, what do you kind of like veg out and watch or, you know, what kind of pop culture do you look at? Oh, um, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I guess, well, uh, <laughs> I don't know, somebody has to go first. Jeff's like, pornography. Does you porn count? <laughs> I don't know, pop, pop, I don't, is that a thing? I think it is. I'm like trying to think of a porn star's name. Uh, <laughs> Do you want someone else to answer first? Yeah, let me think you about go it. The question I put that I answered on Facebook was um, Golden Girls. Because to me, Golden Girls is like, it's almost like a security blanket. It just feels so warm and loving. I've seen all the episodes multiple times, so it's not anything that I really have to pay attention to. I can just have it on the background. I can quote it. And also, for some reason, The Fugitive. Whenever The Fugitive comes on TV a lot. And whenever it's on... I You're talking about the Harrison Ford film. The Harrison Ford Okay, Ford I was going to ask you. Yeah. For some reason, whenever it's on, I always just leave my TV on. And I, I can just read to it. I've seen it so many times. But it's, it's kind of movie. comfortable to have on in the background. And do you think some of that is because you associate those with like being younger? or you? I think I mean, The Golden Girls more so than The Fugitive. I, right. I saw The Fugitive when I was younger. But The Golden Girls, I think I just associate with... Um, yeah, like watching it when it was on, like right before like Empty Nest and stuff when it yeah. would come on TV. And I just love the, you know, maybe maybe because I look at them all like they're my grandmothers. I don't know. Maybe to me they've always been the grandmother age, even from when I was a little girl. Right, now. right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So my, the first thing I immediately thought of was Seinfeld, but I didn't want to say that because I thought like, okay, this is supposed to be like nerd culture stuff and I guess like Seinfeld yeah. not really and, yeah. this is more of a general thing so I'll say Seinfeld yeah. cool. I mean I think pop culture encompasses a lot of different yeah, things it's not necessarily genre stuff there's a lot of stuff like that though I'll watch you know like... I figured you would say Twilight Zone I thought Twilight yeah. Zone would be one of your go-to's wow I didn't think of that Twilight Zone that's <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's one of the answers that some people were saying on this yeah. Facebook post Twilight Zone what were the popular answers? Was it like um, I didn't look at it. TV shows or yeah, Twilight Zone was one. Someone said Knight Rider. Um, someone said The Nanny. Um, so. it's, it's interesting that like sitcoms and um, like television are kind of the comfort mm-hmm. food choices because I, I I would pick the Star Wars movies yeah. as you know go to things um, even in recent years yeah. when I'm kind of been disenfranchised with Star Wars. 
I can watch Empire and yeah. uh, you know what I mean. Like it, it gives me like a sense of uh, like oh, and The Simpsons, like oh, Conan yeah. O'Brien era Simpsons episodes. Yeah, I can watch those and just like I can even watch. I have the DVDs and I watch like the commentary tracks even, mm-hmm. and they they always make me feel good or like inspire me in some weird way or yeah. I, I don't know like it's like something light that you can yeah, uh, yeah. Th- I guess not, that is too heavy uh, that's the common that's thing right putting, like this for my for me the answer was something I would put on TV and I wouldn't necessarily feel like I need to pay attention to you because I know it so well mm. yeah uh, for me that probably also could have been Buffy but I felt like I would end up like watching Buffy comfort for me is just something that I just like wrap myself in and it's just there just makes yeah. everything feel better. I don't really need to pay attention to it. Yeah. And the Golden Girls makes everything so much better. <laughs> the thing about Twilight Zone for me is like, I love that show, but it's one of those that I will sit there and it'll take me like half an hour to pick an episode to watch because I'm like, uh, right. I'm not really in the mood for that one, but maybe that one. But with Seinfeld, I'll just put on any one yeah. and it'll just... Good to go. Yeah. yeah. But, it's interesting, yeah. off topic, but the maestro mm-hmm. in is the master in Buffy. He's like a big deal in Buffy oh, okay. the Master. Oh, right. Yeah. He's like the main bad guy yeah. in the first season. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. He's the maestro nice, in nice. um, Well, I want you to call me Jerry the Great. <laughs> <laughs> Kia, what about the uh, next movie? We're ready. <laughs> I think the next movie should be The Guest. I'm done. We already saw it. Let's we start. all saw it. No, I'm <laughs> um, I guess we can review it and have some notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Does it qualify? It's kind of a thriller, I guess, right? Yeah, so it takes place at Halloween towards the end. Oh yes, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So the next the movie guest. is it's the on guest. Netflix. Uh, came out in 2014. 2014. It has the the main girl. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Maika Monroe or Maika Monroe. I'm not really sure, but she's the main girl from It Follows, mm-hmm. and she's in this movie. Um, she's becoming one of my favorites. I really like her. What's the director's name? Because you said it was the same guy that did like VHS and Your Next. Your Next. Ooh, we should watch that one too. I haven't seen that. I have it. Oh. Um, it's on the old Netflix as well. Maybe we could uh, do a double. Do the guest and Your Next. Double duty. The director is Adam Wingard. And he directed VHS, Your Next, VHS 2, The ABCs of Death, Whoa. and the upcoming Death Note. Nice. Apparently. Nice. Cool. So check that out if you want to listen to it. has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be another love fest from Fast Forecast. <laughs> All right. So do we do a sign off? I don't think we do a sign off for this part. Yeah. Just kind of fizzles. And we just ended a podcast. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, so we're going to watch the guest for the next one, and yes. then uh, that's it, I guess. Yes. Maybe yeah. you're next as a yeah. secondary. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Peace.